and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one big idea at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Wonderful to see you this fine, if foggy, afternoon. Yeah, is it foggy where you are? It is foggy where I am. It, there's a stagnant air warning. We have the stagnant air warning too, but I can see blue behind the haze. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, you've got blue haze and I've just got white. Um, so we are going to be talking about uh, kind of the biggest passage in popular imagination among Americans of, uh, if not all of the like Hebrew and Christian scriptures, then at least the Christian ones. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about John 3.16. We're actually going to do 14 through 17. But yeah, this is uh, this thing looms large. Like we, we all memorized it mm-hmm. in one particular translation. We uh, yep. see it on t-shirts and uh, bumper stickers. Uh, on big like signs at baseball games it's kind of everywhere and part of how we think that like the core of what you need to know to become a christian is all in this one this one thing right Mm -hmm. it's also turned out to be a pretty convenient compact space to see some of the ideas that we've already explored on this uh in this season so far uh, but also get a few new ones in and just see what a dense compacting of your translation shifts, what it's like to see them all packed into one, <laughs> one or two yeah. verses here. How they play off each other and all that. Yeah, it'll also be a nice chance for everybody who's been listening through previous seasons where you might be more used to us going um, kind of chapter by chapter. We've been doing like idea idea to idea this season it's going to be a little bit of a mix-up here for this episode and I, I think it's for good reason so uh you know we're going to have it up on the screen here in a minute for those of you listening i encourage you to uh swipe around to find the episode notes we'll just paste these four verses or three verses right there in the episode notes there'll also be a link to the translations google doc which is where you can also read any footnotes you want about all this and i think it's also good to just read all of chapter three to get a bit of a context of, you know, this isn't just Jesus like breaking the fourth wall uh, from the conversation he's having with Nicodemus. It's supposed to be happening within a conversation with a fella. So it's good, helpful to read read it within that context. So yeah, go ahead and give it a read and we'll get it up on the screen. everybody welcome back uh, brandon would you please just give this a reading aloud from 14 through 17 yeah absolutely just like moses raised up the snake in the wilderness it's necessary for the son of humanity to be raised up so that everyone who trusts him will have age-long life you see this is how god loved the whole world he gave the one-of-a-kind son so that everyone who places their trust in him would not be lost to death but would have age-long life. God did not send the Son to the whole world in order to put the whole world on trial, but so the whole world would be liberated through him. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Yeah. So the first word we need to acknowledge here is one you don't even have a footnote for, but it is, I, I think, pretty consequential. Um, mm-hmm. part, and partly it's you didn't translate it that differently from what's regular, but it's worth acknowledging. It's the word uh, cosmos, usually translated as the world. Uh, right. <laughs> elsewhere. Right. Uh why is that worth explaining a little bit more here that if, if you didn't translate mm-hmm. it that differently? Yeah, I think because there's a different things that this one Greek word can mean and different things that we have often meant in the church by world in English too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of those things that I'm not coming up without enough thing, it's in the, in the giant lexicon that I have at my desk with me. It's, in ways that people talk about it is whole world. It's just talking about all the people everywhere, all of humanity, right? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty clearly what it's getting at here. And the same thing, I think just adding whole at the front clarifies that pretty simply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other more common of the different ways we were just went, went over this before we started recording and the, the dictionary here has like 25 entries or something for different definitions for this word um wow. yeah it's like it's like almost as many as like inuits have for snow that's amazing yeah um it's it ends up being like where we get the word for cosmetics having to do with adornment and arranging yourself and equip military equipment and all these different things like arranging troops in formation and all sorts of stuff but um the other one basically is this order the 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 world order or the way i'm doing a world system just kind of the way the world works Uh, sure and that is often how it's used in this gospel um in other places but here it's pretty pretty clearly the all of humanity meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why for you was it worth making that clear? What's why is whole world better than world? Just to really emphasize that, make sure there's no confusion, I think. Um, not leave any loopholes for exclusion. Uh, potentially for people who are you know like this is very clearly including everyone um we're very good human beings at finding loopholes yeah yeah we are we are um yeah and there's a difference between saying that everyone's like on track no matter what they live like that's that's not what this is saying this is saying the way that god showed love to the whole world yes that the fact that god did show the same kind of love to everyone um it's not conditional on any distinctives mm-hmm. yeah not lineage not uh, ability not money not uh not sexuality, not, not so, yeah, yeah, nothing. Name it. Um, yeah, there are, yeah, that, that's that's great. Some of the other, I think, loopholes are to sort of contrast world because one of the meanings of the word world here 
is uh just means you know material reality the totality of reality the um mm-hmm. that's the one of the 25 yeah 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 exactly um <laughs> and you know when i was in seminary and learned that it it was a revelation for me to have this it, this intuition that like this this is a religion that is earthier than the story as i was having it told to me really made mm-hmm. room for like the core story is you broke the rules god did something violent so that you don't or and suffered something violent so you don't have to so you can go to heaven when you die and escape this world that is going to burn yeah although it's, it's a horrible story it's, it's a bad story and it's not what this word means and it's really it's it's, it's yeah, it's like everything, everywhere, stars, all at once. sky, all the, all the physical world. It's not in. It's not in contrast to a spirit realm. Yeah, that's. There is no contrast to it. There's the world, and then there's. That's oh, it because it's yeah. everything. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, like that, yeah, the it cosmos. Includes, yeah. yeah, if if there is uh, another dimension to reality that includes. Celestial beings like angels, demons, whatever. It includes that too. It's not just like um, Newtonianly observable, yeah, stuff. Right. Everything that has been created. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. What I liked about it was by emphasizing explicitly materiality, and it does, that's included in everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not just meaning. I guess I was sort of hearing this story as like what comes later. Um, God gave his son. So you, you know, don't die. You get to live forever. Um, it's It was kind of making room for a bit of that, like dualism, which is mm-hmm. a fancy word for this, like a polarity. Yeah the opposite poles of material and spiritual and spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so emphasizing whole, whole world doesn't suggest materiality, which is like, Oh, I'm disappointed in Brandon's translation, but it does, <laughs> but that's okay yeah. because you're also yeah. emphasizing. It does everybody. Con- sometimes get ground earth as opposed to the sky. Yeah. It can be used that way too. But but yeah. not spiritual versus material. Yeah. Yeah. So the next uh, the next one to talk about here is uh, he gave the one of a kind son. Yeah. You got rid of a word that nobody knows what the hell it means. <laughs> right. Begotten. Yeah. The the traditional <laughs> only begotten is only what I have begotten. here as one of yeah. a kind. Um, the NIV does. A little bit better with it, I think, as uh, one and only is how they handle it. Mm. Um, but it's, but that's not really what it says either. It's not the saying that there's not any other sons is not in the word anyway. It's saying that there's no other sons of that particular kind or group. The word begotten has a lot of different meanings. The Greek word there uh, can mean conceived or born. It can mean came into being. It can mean generated, or it's the same word where we get 
uh, like generation. Uh, so a group of people all born at the same time or yeah. a lineage, all people born from the same uh, genealogy. Genealogy is that same root uh, there. Um, so it really does have to do with one of the meanings anyway, that I think is the one that it's leaning on here is that sense of being of a particular category of a particular group. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of one, apparently. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting rid of not just a word that means nothing to people or like it's, it's so ar right. arcane and elusive. It's also become a religious technical term. Um, right. There so have, those there's of, been yeah. like violence in church history of people fighting over the exact definition of what it means to be begotten uh, for Jesus in, in scripture. Um, I'm so glad that when we got strong opinions yeah. about Greek words, we just started a podcast instead of like <laughs> sharpened our swords. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. A lot of argument about things that really have to do much more with Greek philosophy than they do about uh, a Hebraic scriptural worldview. Sure. And ends up making it way more complicated than it needs to be yeah 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 and it's not to say that those um hellenistic or greek ideas questions or um insights are like fundamentally bad the the complication and liability no. is when you're reading that stuff back in not discovering um clues that help you from a hellenistic perspective in the text um, but sort of reading it backwards into it. Um, mm -hmm. Saying that these philosophical debates that we've had and decided that anyone who disagrees is a heretic who deserves to die or at least be excommunicated. Yeah. Um, that's what the, the scripture was originally saying is whatever we've decided is the correct way. And it's like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, like, and, like we speculate all the time. We riff on like, oh, this makes me think of this, and this makes me think of this, and this kind of helps things to click together in this way, making connections with stuff that only a twenty-first century Oregonian man could come up with. Right, <laughs> yeah. and it's not bad. It's just like this is how we make sense of it, and like can share our thoughts about it and apply it in our own context. But we absolutely should not be telling people from other places or other cultural experiences or writing it down and demanding that all future generations see it the way that we do and only the way that we do right right so by getting rid of this religious technical term that has is also kind of dipped in blood um mm -hmm. of christians killed by other christians or at yeah. least maimed yeah i spent way too much time in my seminary days talking about what this word means it's, it's just why why are why is that our focus when we're training pastors people who are supposed to be taking care of the church the people who mm -hmm. make up the church and like that's how you're choosing to like spend your time is telling them all well, the arguments about what it means to be begotten yeah yeah it, broadly yeah a lot of those christological questions can be really consequential to what spiritual formation is, what um, what our hope is for all of reality. Uh, yeah. like I've, I'm reading a book on 
I just finished it on theosis, the hope that we are our redemption our, is our participation in the divine life. And mm-hmm. like the implications of all of that for like the possibility for God actually being fully in contact with reality, all that like that's in a big deal. Like if you want an earthy spirituality, God has to be able to touch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christology arguments are the places where that gets borne out. Now, unfortunately, the kind of seminaries we went to and a lot of other seminaries, these Christology questions, how is, was Jesus somehow, how do we speak of him somehow as both God and man or human? Mm -hmm. Um, They get like collapsed into like shitty little slapping fights that help rate from almost 2000 years ago that reinforce how our tribe is right. Or it's clicked into that story of did Jesus check all the boxes so that the violence committed upon him did indeed free us from being tortured forever and freaking ever? Mm-hmm. Which is a Didn't... shitty story and question. Yeah. Haven't people heard that violence is not the answer? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I am bored to tears by Christology questions framed in that way, but framed in the way to insist upon the earthiness of this stuff. That's great. So here, just to say like, let's just create distance from. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think Christology that emphasizes the character of God, the character of Christ that should be informing how we develop our own character, our own way of being in relationship with creation and the people around us. Those are important questions. Getting the right formula for like the like a very pretending we're physicists and are are determining the right formula to describe the nature of reality. Right. That's that's not at all important to me. And I don't think that's what this is getting at at all. Yeah, it's possible in church history, it's regularly seen that people feel very satisfied with like, I, I threaded the needle. I solved the question of how Jesus was both divine and human. So they, they like solve the metaphysical riddle, but the flip side of that is not how it, how was Jesus God? It's that means God is like Jesus. Like the real scandal is yeah, right. the character of God, like the, the Christ likeness of God, not the divinity of Jesus. If you get the thing, mm, Jesus, yeah. it follows you get the other one. <laughs> but somehow yeah. we've conveniently figured out how to avoid that. Right, right. Uh, anyhow, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on. We're going to try making this a shorter episode. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, th- yeah. I think where we're going next fits with that part of like the character and yeah, aligning with ourselves with, with the character. Like I think we're going to talk about places their trust versus believes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Say that he gave the one of the kind son so that everyone who places their trust in him would not be lost to death, but would have age long life. Um, the places their trust in to me really does say like, what are we giving ourselves to as a way of being trusting that what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is modeling, what Jesus is doing in the world is worth putting our hope in, is worth trusting in, is worth dedicating our lives to emulating yeah um that's what it's saying here not the really weirdly evolved like i believe in santa claus i believe in ghosts i believe in god 
that's just like yeah saying this thing exists end of statement yeah who (laughs) yeah he gave his one-of-a-kind son so that everyone who gives the minimal assertion of existence would not be tortured forever but would live forever as a ghost oh my god that is the most disappointing gospel yes yes yeah like it's not in a, a minimal assertion of existence or efficacy of death in a penal like worldview no no it's yeah, yeah it's it's attunement to the character and person of of jesus right and i think that's what believes in meant originally like like if if you're gonna like go on a marathon for instance and i'm trying to encourage you and like show that i trust that you have what it takes to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. i would tell you brandon i believe in you which doesn't mean i think you exist right (laughs) that that should be understood that should be a given (laughs) brandon i'm not a solipsist yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so i think that's originally what believe in was supposed to mean in the english here too but over time culturally our use of the word i believe in jesus i believe in god has come to mean i think god exists and that's not what it's talking about here there were no atheists in this time that wasn't an argument that could have even been conceived of No one was going around t- trying to tell people that God didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the magic formula, like this idea of like a sinner's prayer or whatever that evangelicals are into because it's all about getting, like closing the sale, mm-hmm. essentially. Believe in further reduces like the um like the down payment that you need to make to actually walk out of the store with that purchase. Right, right. And it, it takes away I mean, any it is, cost. It is faith as small as a mustard seed. And like, there's all this stuff that is like, yeah, the divine like is hanging out outside the bounds of what we think where she hangs out. But yeah. that, but we're this not idea earning that need... belonging. That's not no, what we're talking about. No, yeah. no. It's yeah. You want to, you want to steer away from the pit and towards life abundant and shalom together tune yourself and life to this jesus character that's what it's about right and that gets that gets to like this next one uh that we've got here on the list age-long life now we've done an episode of that already right so so the best thing to do is just listen to that episode but what's what's the quick right quick quick is that this is looking forward to like uh, uh an anticipated age of reality that's coming an age in history that's coming um that is the new creation the new jerusalem uh the great jubilee the kingdom uh uh, heaven on earth kind of thing the yeah the the reign of god that's where everything everything and everyone has gotten to where they place their trust in the way of Christ and are living that way, taking care of each other, showing love, emulating the way that God loves the whole world um, so that everyone is loved and exchanging love and it's good. 
So there's there's the <laughs> nutshell version. Rather than eternal life, I think of like a disembodied, like floating in the sky somewhere. Going to heaven when you die. Yeah. Right. And that's not what it's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And now usually the the verse that we focus on ends that we just do that verse, but we've got verse 17. God did not send the son to the whole world in order to put the whole world on trial. But so the whole world would be liberated through him. Now you've made two changes there. Mm-hmm. What are they and why? Yeah, instead of to judge the whole world, I put to put the whole world on trial. Um, and instead of so the whole the whole world would be or <laughs> it will be saved, it'll be liberated. Mm. Um, so judged is not incorrect like putting on trial is essentially the same thing right um but the way we use judged in a bible context yeah when we talk about judging we think of like punishing and it that can be the result of making a judgment but it's not the only result so the results can be acquittal it can be you're awarded the money of your in your lawsuit like i'm kind of talking like present yeah. day terms but those meetings are you know looking it up in lexicon similar meetings are present <laughs> yeah. in the in the greek too yeah. um so it's it can be the verdict it can be the act of kind of evaluating it can be all, all sorts of these things but the sense of that it means punished is is too narrow too specific mm-hmm and what it's actually saying is that going through this assessment process, looking through at the whole world, that's not the point of why God sent the son, right? It does go on in verse 18 and say, like, the verdict has already been rendered. The, the people loved the darkness. But so you send the light, <laughs> you know, like it just, it's not a destruction kind of thing. Um. So that's the point, is to liberate, to rescue from darkness, to rescue mm-hmm. from oppression, to rescue from things that lead away from the great jubilee, new creation, to more of the same where we try to get our needs met by taking away the needs of others or harming others instead of defining what the way to live is love. Mm. So we're going from like judgment basically being code for damnation mm-hmm. to Send, being sent to hell. Right. Yeah, yeah, being sent to hell. Uh to it's being put on trial, like we're gonna he's gonna evaluate things and uh but that's not that's not the goal. It's actually liberation. The presence of God right. Right. is not, and it's also not, yeah, would be saved through him. That mm-hmm. sim- similar to like the, the shift from uh, judged to put on trial, technically almost the same, yeah. but yeah, saved is space. correct as a word, but in Bible contexts, we have learned to hear it 
in a very particular way that's not what it's talking about. Yeah, yeah, Jesus saves. Jesus saves you from hell. Jesus saves you from right. the wrath of You get of saved God. from hell and get to go to heaven instead. All of this happening after you die. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this is saying is God came to make it be heaven on earth. Yeah. For yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the sending of the sun was a, a pivotal part of that work. Yeah, to end the world as we know it. The conventions right. and structures that keep us dehumanizing one another and alienated and refusing to support one another. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that world is judged and found damn, God damned. Right. And Jesus liberated. And it, it's more, it's much, it's less about punishing that and more it, about like even being cast into the lake of fire at the end of uh, Revelation. It's the world systems that are being thrown into the lake of fire. Right. Yeah. Not people. Because they're they're the forever systems. behind us. Yeah. They're forever behind us. The future right. is one marked by mutuality and um it's like a circle dance <laughs> together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know not like yeah. making uh making bricks for pharaoh's damn pyramid right right yeah that's the liberation of god in jesus mm-hmm. and justice doesn't mean punishing it means making things right bingo bingo yeah, when people say, well, God is both loving and just, we can say absolutely. What they mean God is God is both loving and... Um, Angry? And, well, pu- punitive. <sighs> yeah. Pu- yeah. And believes in um, redemptive yeah, violence. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, right. I, if God isn't angry, God isn't paying attention. Right. <laughs> but God is angry. And God's response is solidarity, love, and liberation. Yes. Not just beating the shit out of people. Right. It's a bad story. We're trying to find a better one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess we're really discovering it and help making it a little easier for one another and your kids to mm-hmm. find that story of liberation. That's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us uh, on this leg of the journey. The easiest way to support Found in Translation is to leave us a rating or review on whatever website or app you are enjoying this conversation on, hopefully enjoying. Uh, That makes it easier for more people to find the show, especially if you do that in Apple Podcasts. Second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor. You can do that for just five bucks a month. And when you do that, you get comment access on the Translation's Google Doc and the satisfaction that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link to join the community in the episode notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Found in Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook and Kalapuya land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody.